Yo, 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 how is everybody doing? My name is James. We are here on Berry Flow Upstream number 107, entitled Classic, here with Brandon Orr, one of our Berry Flow editors. How you doing, Brandon? How's it going, guys? Uh, it's going really well. I just got my priv on Friday, so that's uh, I've been playing with it nonstop. <laughs> no, so you've been playing with priv while the rest of the world's been doing this Pokemon Go thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good to know. We're here as well with editor in chief over at Crackberry. How you doing, Blaze? I'm Pokemon Go, dude. <laughs> His Pokedex is full. He's he's he doesn't need any more. Yeah, I caught them all. Man. I give up. I'm done. <laughs> you know, and I want to like not talk about Pokemon Go as much as possible on this podcast. Right. We'll save that for the after show. It's funny because. I thought Priv would really have like a hard time with a game like that, with the augmented reality, and it's actually been you know a pretty decent experience. I know people with like lower end phones that are actually like really really suffering. Like they catch a Pokemon and the game has to restart and stuff like that. <laughs> I was actually impressed to see Priv like hold its own in terms of performance. I was, uh, what kind of phone uh, did you are you playing it on, Blaze? Uh, it's a Priv, which kind of kills the battery, but you know it is what it is. You gotta make sacrifices sometimes. Right. Catch them all. It's true, man. I feel like I don't like the uh, the pause you did before giving us that answer. You're like, uh, the brick. <laughs> <laughs> it puts iPhone like under desk. <laughs> no. My bad. My bad. Ah. No, my my kid confiscated my iPhone, so I can't even use it, even if I wanted to. Like, got it hidden away, so. He's scared to your hands. Right. <laughs> well, there's there's only so much to talk about like right now with with the BlackBerry and whatnot. What's going on? This week's been kind of interesting because we we heard about the death of a device and then like the, I guess the reincarnation of a device as well to to a degree, <laughs> right? Really interesting. Um, kind of, kind of the talks that have gone on and, you know, it's one of those things for BlackBerry and, and we'll go into the meat of the discussion a little bit later, but. You know, I wonder whether BlackBerry... It always seems to be like just one of these things that's, like, retroactive, right? Like, the bad headline goes out, and then we're sweeping up after the fact, like, trying to clarify things. It's like, why can't they, for once, get ahead of the ball here, right? Especially when, really, their own article sent the headlines out, you know? Where the yeah. Senate article didn't get that many... That, it didn't go that far out, right? It was really when BlackBerry kind of confirmed it that it really, really kind of blew up in terms of the media coverage and... I saw so many funny headlines. I was thinking of making a new segment on a on Upstream where we just go through Twitter, the hashtag BlackBerry, and just read the hilarious like, <laughs> tweets and headlines because there are some funny ones for sure. But you know, putting putting all of that aside, uh, Blaze, why don't you tell us a little bit about like what's going on, like what's up with this classic device that John Chen said, you know, we need to have a classic. You know, my fans have been asking for this device. I got to give it to them. But where does that device stand today? Well, they basically discontinued it <laughs> as per their blog post. So whatever stock is remaining available within the carrier uh, selection and through shop BlackBerry is pretty much all that's remaining. They're not going to produce any more of them. So if you want a BlackBerry Classic, uh, now is pretty much the time to go ahead and pick one up because, you know, you may miss out on that opportunity or basically end up like Kim Kardashian trying to buy them off of eBay at a later point in time. So... Like I said, if you want one, make sure that you pick one up because uh, BlackBerry has basically discontinued it at this point and whatever stock levels remain are all that remain, so snag one. Especially that blue one. I don't have a blue one yet. I still want the blue yeah. one so bad. <laughs> That's the only reason I'm on a... I, I troll uh, what's this, uh, Kevin's Instagram because he's got his blue one and it's just yeah. so sexy. So, yeah, I know... Um, I know another uh, person who's got a blue one, and she loves it. And uh, I just really, I kind of wish the not that maybe the bronze one came out, but some other kind of variant would have been cool. I think you know, just I mean, to toss in there aside like a nice. white, blue, black. Yeah, or a red one. I would have liked a red one. They had they got to do that one right. There's you know, it's one of those things like of all the BlackBerry ten devices, I think Classic is one of like the best built ones that came out. I don't know why. Maybe maybe because of the heft and everything, like it just seems like a little bit more of a premium build on it. Brandon, have you ever handled a classic or, or seen one? Yeah, in a carrier nice. Yeah, nice. They have a good build quality to them, and lots of I've actually seen quite a few classics. 
Like uh, I'd say out of BB10 devices that I see, that's probably the second most, uh, like the one I see second most after, of course, the the Z10, which has a whole bunch out there. But yeah, it's a. Uh, why exactly are they canceling it? Like, why are they discontinuing? Because they can't actually make it anymore because some of the parts well, like can't be made. Well, that's John Jen wasn't exactly clear on on why the actual reasoning behind it. He just said some of the memory components are no longer available, but you know, if you look deeper into it, I mean, those the parts that they were using for the Classic at that point in time were getting pretty old anyways, so, you know, whoever whoever built it, I believe it was Foxconn that actually put it together for them, so, you know, Foxconn's probably not putting any money into actually picking up those parts and repurposing them for BlackBerry devices, so... You know, whoever whoever the partner is on there is probably no longer purchasing those parts. The parts are entirely old, no longer in their stock, and you know, just it's not feasible to go ahead and continue on with making those devices. Really, I mean, personally, I, it, the classic out of all of the BlackBerry 10 devices, I think the classic is one of the ones that I enjoyed the least in terms of actual usage because I found it slightly underpowered for what it actually is, but. I mean, I wanted I wanted a nicely powered device, and the classic just didn't seem to fit the bill for me personally. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the funny thing that I find about this is that like everybody got all up in arms about the classic discontinuation, but the classic discontinuation wasn't even a surprise, anyways. They announced it on the Q4 2016 earnings call, so. I don't know how how people missed it the first time around, and then, you know, they basically came out. The U.S. Senate post came out, and people were like, "Oh well, they're discontinuing all BlackBerry 10 devices." So BlackBerry had to go ahead and correct that, which they're not. They only canceled off the classic, and then they put out their own article, basically saying that they canceled the classic. And then that's when it blew up again. It's not. It it wasn't even a surprising factor at this point. I just don't understand why it caught so much attention and how so many people got the story wrong, right? One of the things that I think is really kind of like, huh, foobar about the whole thing is that, and, and you kind of touched on it earlier, Blaze, right? Uh, one organization saying they're moving away from a couple hundred Blackberries that they have beckons the whole death of the Blackberry 10 platform. No, not <laughs> quite, right? And then, and then we have the classic, a solitary singular device being discontinued, now BlackBerry's given up on keyboards. It's like, come on, guys. It's like, I don't know if it's just the, the urge to want to generate these like negative headlines or whatever the case, and I really don't care. The fact of the matter is, the keyboards are here to stay. What I find more interesting is the more of like the business mindset behind even going out and putting the clarification out there. Because the, to a degree, you can respond to the media directly, right? Like, have the media update their own articles with, with your response, right? Which I feel is a little bit more apropos than going ahead and doing your own blog post and basically validating the headlines that have all gone out negatively, right? It was just a weird choice. Yeah. For me as well, the new, the new what is it, Ralph, whatever he does Ralph. now, VP device management or, what, or device business, whatever, whatever that, you know, the mobility segment is now, um, it, it's almost seemed as if him coming into the position, them re-looking at kind of the organization, it's almost as if they wanted to make public the choice to move away from the phone, right? Because yeah. not a lot of reasons were given as to, you know, why the change was being made. So it's just really, really strange to me why go out of your way to, to hype, you know, or, or go out of your way to really talk about this in such a way. As Blaze mentioned earlier, you know, the classic's a... <laughs> two-year-old device. It's not like we really needed an update on its status, you know? <laughs> uh, the fact that the 9900 got a rerun, uh, you know, years later, maybe the Classic will as well, right? Or maybe that's what the Mercury is. Hello. So uh, It's just really funny. I find the, the media gobbles up anything they can about BlackBerry and just spits out the entire inaccurate uh, message that needs to be sent, but, you know, that's how that goes. I just found it funny how many times it, like, got reiterated in different ways and essentially, like, Okay, they announced they they basically announced that on the Q4 2016 earnings call, 
okay, the classic is going to be discontinued at some point in time. We know that. So they basically confirmed it then. And then in my follow-up article to the U.S. Senate one, like we reached out to BlackBerry to get a comment on it, and they said in that particular comment, in that statement, that they were going to go in, that basically Verizon and AT&T were not informed that the devices were being discontinued. The only device that they discontinued was the Classic. That was in the statement, and that came out before they went to the BlackBerry blogs and announced that the BlackBerry Classic was going to be discontinued. So they, <laughs> there was plenty of heads up in terms of the discontinuation of the BlackBerry Classic, and it's just absolutely amazing how it got so twisted in the end, and it's like, wow... Speaking, no wonder, of twisted, man. <laughs> speaking of twisted, Alex will be on in a little bit, guys. So <laughs> hold on to your seats. We're gonna have a, a bomb <laughs> drop. You know, you know. Forget about the classic. We'll come back to that, right? Um, we'll talk about the future of keyboards in a little bit. Talk about this keyboard device that you do have, Brandon. You finally made it over to the Priv. Why did you ditch BlackBerry 10, man? You were kind of one of our last holdouts here. Yeah, I'm I'm on BB10 for fun these days, you know. Not really as a dedicated, you know, all the time daily. Uh, welcome, Alex. By the way, uh, Brandon, tell us uh, how you're liking your Priv. Are you using Android in in the broader sense of the the ecosystem that Android entails, and how are you liking it? Yeah, like uh, to be honest, it, it, it's kind of nice being able to use all the applications and the connectivity you can get with all the apps for a whole bunch of different things. I purchased a Moto 360 first gen, uh, which is an Android Wear device, and it, it's really cool. Like I. I hardly ever have to pull my phone out because I get the notifications on the uh, on the watch, and then I can just speak into the watch and dictate stuff or reply to messages like that. And that's you know that's something that could have eventually happened on BlackBerry if they put in some more uh, some more emphasis on it, but uh, like on building the OS and building out those features. But unfortunately, it just it wasn't. It's the, there, it's things like that that aren't possible on you know, BlackBerry 10 that make it nice. Back to that, but but on the other side, there are a lot of things that I do miss from BlackBerry 10, especially um, the hub. Like there's abomination that they call the hub on <laughs> Android. Like it's it, it's they just did such the a best they could with what they had. But yeah, it's yeah, advantage. it's Frankenstein I mean, for sure. Yeah, it's. It's just weird at first. It's kind of jarring at first because you like expect to get the notifications in there, and then it, I don't know. It's just kind of laggy a bit. And on top of it, it's like it sets up your Gmail, and then you have your Gmail in your hub. So at the beginning, you have kind of like a redundant notification from both the hub and Gmail. And it's just one of those things that once you configure it, it's all right. And like the hub is the hub is okay. I mean, it's missing pinch to uh, to filter. It's also missing kind of that easy access. Like I always used to leave my phone on the hub, like just pinch to unread. And whenever I would unlock my phone, it would just come to that, so I could see everything there and like go to action on it. Whereas now, like that's not possible. And like the other thing too is like all the notifications on Android. It's like some apps you get multiple messages and it just tells you you have messages and then if you like clear the notification like there's no spark on the uh, on the application to let you know that you still haven't looked at something on it so I don't know it, it's a it's a bit of give and take it, overall I think I will be happy in the long run going to Android but it's definitely you know now on the same level as BlackBerry 10 in my opinion in terms of the operating system System. The apps, yeah, it's better, but the operating system, I still like BB10 better. So you like your Moto 360 and all that. I know we had some integrations, you know, with slight, you know, like you know, uh, some of the apps that got like Pebble working to a degree and things like that. Is it yeah. a more robust experience all across the board? I mean, if you can get yeah. BBM on that Android device, right? Yeah, like, how exactly. Like, I get my BBM notifications, and it's great. I just reply to them. Uh, basically, most of the notifications, if not all, I mean, I've only had it for two days, seem to come through on the watch, and uh, there's no issues with it. And it's cool. Uh, and it's cool because when you swipe uh, a notification on your watch, kind of, like, take it out, it gets cleared on the device as well. 
Whereas Pebble, I know I had I have a Pebble as well, and Pebble is more of a. At least when I used it on BlackBerry, I haven't used it on my Android yet. And I think it works like this on Android. Is essentially you get a notification on your Pebble, and then you just that's it. And then when you do stuff on your Pebble, I don't think it clears the notification. Yeah, and that's, that's, that, that's that patchwork effect, right? The, the, and when yeah. we kind of look at the the overall kind of state of BlackBerry 10 right now, a lot of the things that they were building toward with BB10 ultimately are going to come to Android. They're maybe not all there yet, but they will be here. So in terms of them continuing the development and the cost and everything that, you know, obviously BlackBerry 10 is great at, you wonder kind of where the line draws between... You know all that cost and time and effort and marketing and etc. Uh, to the to the value of actually just going with a platform that is a little bit more robust already. You know, and yeah. and kind of that mentality of kind of going going where the puck is gonna be as opposed to where things are right now. And Android is a real good step for them to make that happen. Uh, yeah, Blaze. In yeah. your opinion, do you think that the classic, if if the classic were redone, right? redone totally with the same exact form factor running Android that it, it could make any success or would some changes kind of have to happen for that device to be acceptable to the Android community and, you know, even the BlackBerry community? I don't know, man. It's a good question because, I mean, unfortunately we don't know any of the actual sales numbers behind the classic outside of what John Chen says that, it you know, it sold better than pretty much the BlackBerry Passport, right? Um I don't know. I I could see a lot of users actually being interested in it and trying the 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 form factor out, but I think I think it's it falls into one of those categories where it's still a very niche device and you know one of those things that that I guess that a lot of BlackBerry BlackBerry users and the hardcore are gonna follow and adopt as opposed to any like new back to the platform users would pick up. I think I think you just collect the hardcore Android or keyboard or sorry, hardcore Blackberry base and keyboard base at that point. So I don't think it would significantly drive any sales in the Android world. Unfortunately, I think I think a lot of people would actually pick it up and then some people would return it. Uh, so like the brief. No, I'm just kidding. Just, well, <laughs> just kidding. I mean that's so, that's kind of the scenario though. That that's you know, depending on <laughs> on on what actually comes out of it, I mean this, that that's kind of what happened, right? This this segues me into why I think that blog post went out, right? I think, and this is a total opinion. Please don't. I'm not trying to put words in anybody's mouth or anything like that. This is my opinion. I think that BlackBerry's management team, at some point, had to come to a consensus on what the classic brought to the table for them two years later, right? If we look at what BlackBerry is trying to do in this whole rebranding that's going on, right, we're seeing more marketing, and, and we're going to be talking about that in a little bit, but if we take a look at where BlackBerry is trying to move themselves, right, into the software space and into this, you know, reinvigorated, reinvented type of a company, Classic represents that lineage, that legacy that is almost antiquated, right? So when you look at a Classic, you almost assume that it's a 9900, that it's BBOS, and that it's that old BlackBerry that you used back in 2011, and that's just not the case, right? So if you continue to sell the past, people will never accept your, you know, your actuality in the future, right? So to a degree, I think maybe shutting Classic off is almost a metaphoric goodbye to that legacy, in part, right? Obviously, that legacy is, is part of the DNA, but as well, moving beyond the Classic to newer form factors that offer the same kinds of benefits is something I think the company needs to do. They need to kind of come out of their own shadow to a degree, right, and, and bring us new things that are exciting. And Alex Thurber, who went out on Twitter and, you know, informed that, you know, keyboards are here to stay, really kind of iterates on that point that there are new things to come and the keyboard is definitely not out of the equation in priv, whether it succeeded, failed, whatever you want to, you know, sum it, sum it up as, is just the first foray on Android with a keyboard, and, and I'm sure there's plenty more to come. Yeah. Alex, how's your how's your computer situation right now? Are you with us partially? I think it's working. Yeah, I'm actually using my Priv, and I have my laptop sitting right in front of me, so it's kind of this strange scenario. But so your priv, priv is the webcam, and it's it's working better than my laptop. So whatever, Priv, you rock, <laughs> I guess. Whatever. Yeah, 
your prim is tossing HD right now. I mean, like my laptop yeah. ever does this. <laughs> <laughs> we should all we should all do that in the future. Yeah. That is hilarious, and I have a little kickstand on my device too, so that would be very doable. That's nice. You know, we're talking about the classic, Alex, and, and really kind of the legacy and lineage that comes along with a device like that, right? It's literally the 9900 2.0, right? Do you think that in terms of the perception of BlackBerry, that the classic is anything more than kind of a, a hat tip to those diehard fans? Or do you think that there's a broader kind of user base that maybe has the nostalgia for that type of device but doesn't know they want it back, you know? I mean, I think at this point, like with the classic, being gone and everything, uh, BlackBerry's been planning for a while to focus their efforts on Android, and they need to start getting rid of the old BlackBerry 10 devices, no different than they started getting rid of the legacy devices, so I think it's just a natural progression. It's not the most happy thing to see, I guess. It's a little bit disappointing for some people, um, but I think this was kind of inevitable. Um, I don't know. I'm just stoked that Brandon is finally on a prim. To be quite honest, <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. turning he was turning into like us when we were on BB10, right? Like not upset, but almost a little bit bitter, right? And it seems like he's got a a better attitude now. Now we just need to get him a new microphone, and he'll be a new man at that point, yeah. right? Yeah, new life I'm, this. I'm already I'm already uh, got the gears in motion for a better microphone because I don't want to sound like, you know, like a like a less than reputable person on this podcast. Come on, man. I sound shady all the time. <laughs> right, I listen to myself on this podcast. I always cringe, so. Wait, you actually listen to the podcast? <laughs> yeah, man. That, that's a little bit narcissistic, Brandon. I'm just going to put that out there. I have never just listened to a podcast that I have been It's because sometimes when I'm on the show, I don't actually listen to what you guys are saying. <laughs> <laughs> and, then you're like, well, and then you're like, oh, we, we figured that out when you say the same things we just said. <laughs> oh, my God. The only time he ever listens to us is when we're doing downstream, so he knows he when to... to uh... He needs to go back and listen <laughs> so he can get caught up for the next week, remember what we actually <laughs> said. Jeez. Yeah, one of the only <laughs> podcasts I've ever listened to is is actually not upstream. Of, well, let me rephrase. One of the only podcasts that I've ever listened to of myself was not upstream. It was actually Currents when that one yeah. we did, Boys uh, <laughs> and Alex. That I listened to because it was kind of like entertaining to actually like see the final product. But with upstream, you know, we we you are also right now. When we had Cluely on, for instance, you listened to that one because it was so we had to edit it so much, or you had yeah. to edit it so much. You had to listen to that one, so there's some. Not so scenarios. much as listen, but like just yeah. drag and drop pieces around, yeah. man. That was a mess. Yeah. His microphone was like a megaphone. <laughs> yeah. And his Wi-Fi was amazing. Like I, he just was all on it with uh, that BlackBerry Wi-Fi. You know, yeah. I I kind of wonder to myself whether BlackBerry's problem is the form factor of their hardware or or the presentation of their form factor. So for instance, you know, we've seen like these these dummy renderings or whatever the case of the the Mercury, this all touched high-end-ish device running Android from BlackBerry, which has a you know a more candy bar shaped form factor, so a taller screen as opposed to the square. And I wonder if presenting a keyboard that looks more like an all-touch than something like, let's say, the Square Classic or the Square Passport is kind of the trend that they're headed toward now, like moving away from Square devices, going with Androids, you know, 16 by 9 or rectangular ratio, and really kind of pushing a form factor that is a little bit more familiar to people, you know? When you have the priv, when it is closed, it does look like just, you know, any other kind of all-touch slab. So I wonder if even from an aesthetic point in their whole rebranding and restructuring that they're actually trying to make their devices look a little bit more homogenous so that you know incoming users who maybe weren't on BlackBerry or BlackBerry fanboys actually look at the device and maybe pay it a little bit more interest, right? I, I wonder if there is a point in time where you gotta say I'm done with that and I'm moving on to something else. And I wonder if that homogeny is going to be something that helps BlackBerry stand out as a keyboard player on Android or whether it kind of blurs them into the background of this whole entire massive Android monster that has, you know, 85-plus percent of the market share. Do you guys think there may be kind of a kick-up, especially with these lower-end devices, um, that we may see more keyboard QWERTY devices come out as BlackBerry continues to, to kind of play the field? 
or you know maybe LG or Samsung coming with a low-end uh, option that has a keyboard. I know we've seen some before, but they weren't really as robust as what we're seeing now. I think one of the last robust Android QWERTYs was a Motorola device. Uh, do you, can you see maybe some of the other players wanting to crowd BlackBerry out of that space and kind of put them out I, for good, or do you think they have a, a controlled niche? I think if, if BlackBerry came out with the nice mid-range um, physical keyboard device like they're planning on doing, if it sold well, then that would absolutely make sense for the other mm-hmm. players to jump in. But right now, it's like you have a company who does the physical keyboard the best on the market. So if they are having trouble on their own in this type of market, then I think it's in the interest of every other company to stay away from it. <laughs> they like you use BlackBerry to, to try and mm-hmm. dive into this and try and create the market. And then from there, that's when you start stealing it or jumping in and trying like, a little bit cheaper phone. Yes, it's a more crappy keyboard, but... Uh, here you go. So yeah. I don't think it's the point yet, but it will get there. Hope, hopefully. Basically, you let I, I BlackBerry be the beta testers for the market, and yeah. then act on it whether or not it, you know it takes off. Because it's how just, fast it, how fast could Samsung throw at a keyboard device? Like really, you know? How fast did Samsung throw out a BlackBerry Hub? You know? I mean, yeah, exactly. that's what I'm kind of playing at here. They're already kind of going at their software advantage and already trying to crowd it out. So I wonder. You know, it, will it come to a point where, you know, devices are commodities as they already are, and why not just toss a keyboard out just to, to shut BlackBerry up, right? If iPhone made a keyboard device, I mean, that'd be a tough, that'd be a tough go for BlackBerry. I don't know how that would go, go about, you know? Mm-hmm. It uh, could be disheartening to a degree to see what would happen. But as you guys said, maybe that's just a cue to run the opposite direction, right, and do yeah. what you're doing and, and stay kind of in that playing field. Definitely some interesting thoughts, guys. Blaze... Did we get a BlackBerry 10 new OS, 10.3.2.2888? Anything <laughs> new? Maybe a new radio? Maybe a new Android runtime that runs, you know, Android N or something? Well, you asked all of the wrong questions if you were looking for something new because it uses an old radio and it uses the old Android runtime, unfortunately. So Awkward. You know, there's, not, there's not, um, not a whole lot of changes happening within that operating system. Chances are if you're running an, op, an OS right now and it's working perfectly fine, then you probably just don't really want to go through the hassle of updating that OS. Just wait it out a little bit longer for 10.3.3. But, yeah, I mean, that OS came out. There's a few changes in there that are basically, you know, version number changes, nothing significant that pops out or, you know, no new features that are going to be, you know, mind-blowing within that operating system. You're better off just staying on whatever you got. Mm-hmm. I do question like why that OS is even out there, and like one of my favorite parts of CrackBerry is that small little that small little lead line that you have on CrackBerry, and, and it'll say something like you know not a lot of new things, or you know <laughs> cue the mayhem, or whatever. I love those little tags because it tells us how you really actually feel about these uh, these news announcements. So keep yeah, those yeah. up, keep them clever. Sure. In such a short little tiny burst, just three or four words, <laughs> sums it up. Right. I want to see, like, you put the little shrug emoji in there one time for some news. That will make my day. <laughs> but then again, you know, people are going to be looking at it like, hmm, is this a reputable site or are they just trolling us right now? We don't want any of that. So we don't want to digress into the, uh, to the abyss well, of no, the... Uh, nobody know, called me being under the bridge or whatever. picture naming. I mean, I used I used a one I named one picture WhatsApp sucks. Nobody noticed it. <laughs> Everyone's gonna go looking for that right now <laughs> as we talk about. <laughs> so there is a new te- uh, you know OS out there. If maybe you're on an older older version and you're just looking to start fresh and take on the challenges of a leaked OS, you know, go go to CrackBerry. It's out there. No no longer manufacturing the classic. But, you know, we were, we were talking about Priv, and it's got a security update for July already coming through the pipe for some users. And, again, if you're on other carriers, it may take a couple weeks to percolate out, but July's already there. BlackBerry's staying really, really, really on, on the board with these updates for the security side. And I think, again, if you do buy a Priv, that's one of the biggest benefits that you are. Of the Android devices out there, one of the most secure options because you're basically right on the wire with getting some of these updates. So this, this, that's this update, pretty awesome. This update was actually more, I don't want to say more interesting because that's not really appropriate, but 
you know, it, it was a security update. Security updates can only be so interesting. But um, with this update, there was actually like two updates that were sent out by Google. Um, so it, if you if you actually pay attention to it, and you skip on over to like Android Central or whatever. When you look at the updates, there was two updates that were sent out. There was one which was specifically a July 1st update. And when you look and you know how it says like your security patch level and stuff, it will say July 1st. And then there was a second update which came out, which is basically the July 5th update. So if you if you actually pay attention to it, there's like two different updates and the update is the, the the most recent one or the one that you really, really want to have on your device for security purposes is of course the July first or sorry, July fifth update because it's the later update. Um, it includes everything that came in the July first update, but it also patches uh, a few other things. So Blackberry actually is really ahead in, in this regard because they they pushed out the July fifth update instead of the July first update. Just a oh, little. I see. Yeah, it's so, like the July fifth update includes uh, fixes for Qualcomm, MediaTek, and uh, Nvidia drivers that address a number of components across Google's hardware lineup and stuff like that for um, you know all the drivers and things like that. But it's a it's a later security patch. So like I said, BlackBerry it really did push ahead by pushing out the July fifth update. Instead of the July first, and and that's why we got to respect them, right? They're ahead of a lot of these different, you know, hacks and things like that. Blackberry seems to be right on the money with getting them patched as quickly as possible, even kind of beating out Google to a degree. You know, it's that's kind of the best part that we do have a liaison here through Blackberry to really have someone looking out for our security. And I'm glad. I hope that's something that they can continue to kind of push forward, especially when you kind of come to licensing and things like that, it can get kind of hairy, like, all right, if I'm BlackBerry and I'm licensing my software to Party Z, who control Party Z's updates? Is that Party Z's problem? No, it's, it's my problem. So it's kind of interesting to see kind of how that strategy is going to go, especially as BlackBerry kind of broadens their overall offering on the software side of that equation. So really some interesting stuff. As Blaze said, security updates are only so interesting, so <laughs> we won't dwell on that one too long. <laughs> James Palmier, who we've had on this podcast, Red Light of Love, developer behind Snap, actually got on Twitter a little bit active talking, hey, I am working on a fix for Snap with the login issue that some users are having. So while many developers and even BlackBerry are kind of turning away from BB10, there are still a cluster of developers out there that are you know, putting in some time, putting in that labor of love to keep the platform as viable as possible for as long as possible. I, I want to you know, give a hat tip over here to some awesome developers that you know, I, I see less and less, right? Especially as Blaze sent me some, some links from forum members and it's kind of sad to see, right? I think, uh, Blaze, you sent me a link that Cobalt kind of was ceasing development on his ha uh, workarounds for Google Play which makes you know James James's work on Snap even more valuable, right? Because uh, it's it's a really one of the better alternatives as it's a native one. Did Cobalt reference any kind of reasoning in the forums as to why kind of development is coming to a halt? Is it just the time and you know the way the platform's going? Yeah, well, basically, like Google started, um, it's not necessarily bringing it to a halt or discontinuing it or anything like that. It's just that he's reached he's reached a certain point with the limitations because um, with some of the uh, the Google Play Store and the new encryption and stuff like that. He basically open sourced the uh, the smally stuff that is uh, the code essentially for the Google Play Store, so that other developers could go ahead and pick it up if they wanted to essentially make use of it. So don't don't freak out. Cobalt still has all of his stuff active and is updating it as much as humanly possible. But you know, there it's going to reach a point where you know eventually it's no longer feasible for these other developers to go ahead and process all of these sort of applications and there was another guy who who um, he had a I think he had like 20 some apps that are in uh, Blackberry world he basically just open sourced all of his apps and made them available on github as well because you know Merrick he, I love that guy 
Yeah, he had a lot of lot of. Uh, Flappy twenty forty eight is a great <laughs> game. Let me tell oh, you. Oh my god. Yeah, and now I'm pretty of, sure that's not a game he developed, but ported, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. Now, now yeah. all of his apps are available on GitHub, so you can go around and play with the sources. And you know, it was it was kind of like one of those things. He he's basically just done with development on BlackBerry ten. So he's gonna you know head out and see what else he can learn. So. Uh, you know, like you said, it's one of those things where it's sad, but it's also awesome at the same time because the people are sharing these things that they learned with the community and allowing others to go ahead and benefit from it. But, you know, uh, you also have to recognize the fact that, hey, we, we're, we're probably not going to see this developer again on BlackBerry 10 because, you know, he's moved on with it, right? Yeah, I mean, the two BlackBerry developers we have in the building right now are already, you know, yeah. working on updates for their apps for 10.3.3, oh, so I'm just waiting for that little about page fix on the Z10, man. Like, I pulled on my Z10 the other day, I launched the only app that I had on it, it was this <laughs> app called Web Design Cheat Sheet, it's a five-star app, you can find it inside of BlackBerry already. World, and there's this freaking bug in it, and I'm like, how is this built for BlackBerry? This is poor quality <laughs> control BlackBerry, you need to get on it. Alex Bass is a terrible developer. And it's hey. <laughs> Jeez. I wonder if you'll ever let it go. Like, BlackBerry 10 is going to be totally dead five years from now. Well, hopefully not, but say that it is. I feel like wow. you're still going to be bringing this up. Wow. No, this is just... This I'm going to be like, I'm gonna be like, Alex, why is the B-Flow app <laughs> running slowly? <laughs> oh, this is right. true. So I was, uh, you know, we're talking about BlackBerry 10 developers, and, you know, some are, you know, spending their time elsewhere. But some are still, you know, dedicated to the platform. I want to give a shout out to Cell Ninja. Roger LeBlanc launched an application called Do in BlackBerry World, and it's actually been really well received. It's one of those apps that builds in functionality that the OS should have had, and it basically takes your BlackBerry 10 uh, uh, volume rocker and buttons and allows you to, you know, assign basically shortcuts to them, much like a keyboard shortcut. So, really, really interesting application. Uh, and developer continues to build, and he says it's been well received. I was speaking with him, and he says it's doing well for you know BlackBerry 10 situation. Enough that it just recently got an update as well. So definitely go check that out. There are still some really nice BlackBerry 10 out apps out there. You gotta keep trolling on those new arrival section and really get in the forums and see what's new and what's happening. But there is still some motion and pulse left on that platform. And although Brandon has left the building in terms of BlackBerry 10, mm-hmm. you know, he's loving his priv, so hopefully, I'm hopefully trying Brandon to, uh, will bring Penguin over. Or, yeah, I'm trying to know. track down an Android developer to help me bring it over. That would be great. I just, when I built Penguin, I was in university, and... Um, if, you don't rec- if people are younger watching this, or something, I don't recommend it, but like when I was in university, I could just skip courses and, and develop the app. That's actually what I did, right? And like you don't have responsibility, Thank as much responsibility when you're in university and stuff like that, right? So I, there's, there's like entire weeks where like all I would do would be stuck in my room just developing my app, right? It was a labor of love. But uh, I just don't have that time now that I'm working and stuff. So if anybody knows of an Android developer who's willing to help, um, yeah, tweet me. At, uh, you can find the <laughs> well, Twitter information. You know, I, I think you even saying that kind of brings up a good point where it's difficult. So there are a lot of people on Android and iOS who it's their full-time job to make apps. And that that's one of the difficulties with BlackBerry Town where no different than you. Like, I was the exact same way. I was going to school yeah. full-time, and, and I had the time to make an app. I put eight, nine, a thousand hours into... I'm at eight, nine hundred, a thousand hours into my <laughs> app, and I would not be able to do that. Like, right now, now that I'm working full-time, I would not be able to do that. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. if, it, if it took off to a point where I could be my full-time job, then I would be able to do that. But that's the difficulty of just not having enough users, and it, there's a lot of things that come and from I it find, that I don't think people think about. And it's weird because Android's got so much uh, documentation, but mm-hmm. I, I actually find it a lot harder to understand the documentation than the BlackBerry 10 documentation was to understand. I mean, it is newer, right? Like BlackBerry 10, the documentation is new, and it, like when they first started building it, 
it was probably really well thought out looking at the way documentation was yeah. done with other people. Whereas Android, like they've been slowly developing it over time. And there's probably a lot of yeah. there's probably actually a lot of junk still out there that that doesn't really work anymore. That's outdated. That doesn't just vanish from the internet. So um, yeah. that's one of the benefits too. Yep. So we'll see. I'm, I'm so proud of us for having a discussion about BlackBerry 10 apps. I mean, yeah. look at us. <laughs> yeah. Right. Throwback. Let's, let's transition to this this priv BlackBerry. Uh, I can't even talk today. BlackBerry Priv television ad. First, we saw a 30-second mm. spot, and then we saw a longer, kind of minute-and-a-half spot. Um, Blaze, because you were rather critical of the last ad, is this one any better? <laughs> well, wait, which ad are we talking about? The 30-second spot with the longer spot and the unboxing? We're comparing, like, creepy piano siren ad to the semi-normal... <laughs> talking about the phone, basically the last one that came out. Either of the two pieces, I mean, it was the same ad, really. One was just cut down. Yeah, the non-creepy one is like 10,000 billion times better than the creepy one. Like, you yeah. can't even really, you can't even really compare them. At least now I know what the hell the commercial is actually about, and you know what they're trying to sell me in it, rather than you know some creepy robot girl in the shower or something like that. But you know, I mean. We've 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 seen BlackBerry go ahead and amp up their marketing in terms of like the the Brookfield store. They've started retagging some old um, ads that they had out there, and they're actually like, even though I don't usually see them because I mean I think I think BlackBerry has like blacklisted me or something from seeing their ads because they don't want me to see them because I'm too critical of them or something. But anyways, you know I've seen some of the um, ads that get posted in the forums, like uh, you know the the longer ads that appear on web pages and stuff like that, people will post them in the forums. And some of those ads are actually really starting to look good. They look, you know, like proper ads rather than just sort of black and white randomness thrown on a website in hopes that somebody would go ahead and click it. Like, they actually have ads showing the device and, you know, letting people know what the discounts are and and basically, you know, saying now that it, it's a, a secure handset that, that is powered by Android and built by BlackBerry and stuff like that. Like, the ads have really gone, I want to say, in a, in a forward jump over what they were previously because at least now you know what is happening, especially with those commercials. The commercial, you know, I, I've yet to see it actually on TV, but at least, it, it, like I said, at least now I know what I'm actually looking at in terms of the marketing. Like, I know that it's a phone. I know that it runs Android. I know that it's built by BlackBerry. So it automatically goes ahead and piques my interest, and they're actually showing off some of the features. So, I mean, what more can you ask from them at that point in terms of, of the actual video content and the marketing, right? I just don't know. I just don't think that like they they put it on TV as of yet. They may have locally in like New York, but you know, I don't live in New York to see it. So, <laughs> yeah, I Jeff made a, Jeff made a great comment, right? He says marketing handsets better late than never. And the response is, but never late is better, right? Uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where it, I'm glad it's happening, but the device launched last November. It's like, what are you yeah, doing, man? It is very I, just, I wonder if, like, they started building these ads back when it launched, and now they're just, like, finally done, or or they got done and no were never notified, and then it's like, oh, yeah, like, let's roll this out now. <laughs> or, or, you know, I, I don't get paid enough to actually speculate on that type of thing. So, you know, they I just did just find it good that the the momentum's up, right? And that's important. On on the YouTube channel, remember maybe like three weeks ago, they released all of the, like the playbook commercials and things like that. So maybe they're they're doing like throwbacks now, and this is just part of yeah. the throwback. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Somebody else was messaged really... me about that too. Yeah. Somebody somebody messaged me and said that like BlackBerry just uploaded like sixty new videos or something like that, or. Why were they re-uploading all the old videos? And I was like, I don't know, man. It's, I think that was like some sort of like channel consolidation across YouTube or something like that. Because BlackBerry for a long time had like seven different YouTube channels, and nobody knew exactly which one was the one where they were like going to go ahead and update videos to mm -hmm. on, you know, like a frequent occasion. Like sometimes they would be uploaded to the BlackBerry developer Twitter or sorry YouTube account and sometimes they would just go to the generic BlackBerry account. I think I think they closed some of those old channels down and just 
did a little bit of consolidation on them because that was kind of weird. Like, 60-some email notifications that BlackBerry uploaded a video, and I was, like, all excited. Like, what the hell did they upload? It's got to be something awesome. And then next mm-hmm. thing you know, it's, like, videos from, like, 2013. I'm like, what the hell? How to, how to <laughs> swipe up on excited. a Z10. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I find... Uh, with with the whole marketing thing happening, right? And and as that consolidation is always important too, right? Like I don't want to go to four different Blackberry YouTube channels to find that one video that I saw two weeks ago, right? Like that's that's messy. No one wants to do that. So consolidation is always good. In terms of the marketing that we're seeing, my problem with it is you've got good content. We talked about the ad last week that showcased kind of Blackberry's heritage and history and where they were when these crises happened. Love that, right? I love this new ad that they did as well, right? It's got a, it's not creepy music. It's rather uplifting, you know, talks about the actual device instead of, you know, like Blaze said, that creepy woman in the shower. Um, what I find is that the marketing piece is a little bit more directed, but I also think as well that there's a little bit more, I think, I want to say the word hope because I feel like BlackBerry finally understands that without a message going, you have no control of what that message is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important piece for BlackBerry right now, that when they had nothing out there, the media and anyone with an opinion was really crafting the story for them, and it put the control out of their hands, right? It put them in the hands of, you know, someone who held the device for three days and then took a dump on it, right? And that's not beneficial for your brand, especially long-term when you're trying to move handsets. This type of stuff really allows them to control the messaging. And even if it's not good messaging, right, even if it's not up to the snuff of what we as, you know, BlackBerry fan snobs want, it is at least progress from what we've seen in the past. (laughs) And I'm glad something is happening in that respect. Uh, Blaze makes a really good point that with this overall consolidation happening, you are now going to be more funneled to one of BlackBerry's biggest channels. And... Again, we got to think BlackBerry's been here for a long, long time, right? So those social media channels that they have are very massive. They have a big reach still. Even if you, you know, don't necessarily use BlackBerry products anymore, you probably follow them on whatever social media account just because you used to, right? So if you, they can put new content out there and keep that coming, it's going to continue to hit more eyeballs, and more eyeballs hopefully means more sales, right? Especially with priv price kind of coming down, as we've seen. Uh, Brandon was able, finally able to get yeah. one with the, with the Canadian dollar being what it is relative to the, the yeah. price. Uh, I have a question for you, Brandon. Did you buy your Priv in from Canada, or did you actually buy a U.S. version and then bring it over? Yeah, I bought an AT&T version and brought it over, and I had to pay in U.S. dollars, but I did it through PayPal, and I had like so it was it kind of worked out for me because I had half like I had like 150 bucks from like. Uh, penguin sales and like so that was in US dollars so 150 US dollars was half the cost and then I had to pay like 200 for the other 150 or something like that after import fees and everything so I actually like out of my own pocket it was really only like $200 when you break it down like that but in terms of US dollars it was $300 that's not bad. Hopefully and, that 150 yeah. wasn't like the lifetime sales of Penguin. That would be terrible. <laughs> no, 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 no. Although, like, <laughs> yeah, obviously sales will slow down considerably. Yeah. I don't what know about web design. Can I, get a, can I get a more uh, definitive uh, representation of what slipped means? Because depending on what region of the world you live in, that can mean many different things. It means I got to wait a few months before I get up to 50 so I can actually get my money that I'm owed. Because <laughs> nice. okay. the way that, okay. for people that let don't go, know... Let me go make an in-app purchase real quick. <laughs> yeah, for people that don't know who are listening, uh, the way BlackBerry World works is that they'll only pay you money uh, once you've made like $50 worth of revenue. I guess because anything below that is just not cost-effective for them to pay out. Yeah. They have like, if they owed me, like, $4, that would be a waste of resources to pay somebody, like, 4 bucks. Is this, like, so. affiliate programs like Amazon or whatever? You have, like, a certain limit in order for them yeah. to go ahead and pay out? Yeah. So, that's fine, though. 
I mean, as as Brandon moves away from BlackBerry 10, Blaze <laughs> has enabled me to actually get back on BlackBerry 10. <laughs> I'm excited. I've been I've been pawning or swooning. I don't know what the right word is in this instance. I've been yearning <laughs> for a BlackBerry Passport Silver Edition, and I've also been. For almost the equal time of my yearning, I've also been harassing Blaze to like hook me up somehow, man. Make it happen. <laughs> Call the Blackberry gods down and uh, have them like strike me with a passport, I see. But uh, I'm really excited to get it, especially with 10.3.3 coming. I kind of want to re-review the passport and, and maybe maybe re-review the priv at some point, right? Because um, we've yeah. talked about Marshmallow being maybe not the biggest update to Android ever, but for Privet is actually a considerable update, so it's kind of cool to look back at these devices, even like a Z10, right? And I look at my own Z10s, I've got like two, and the form factor is just enjoyable, right? It's this nice, small device, kind of like a iPhone SE, and I wonder whether, you know, BlackBerry may just build a, you know, smaller type... Oh, wait, yeah, they did. They're going to build the, uh, the Neon. Never mind. I guess they answered my question already. I've actually <laughs> gone ahead and... Take, I know I segment myself into my own thoughts sometimes, but uh, <laughs> I actually got a, uh, eyeballs on a Neon device, and it is 100% the Alcatel Idol. And what's funny is, you know, it has the BlackBerry branding. I mean, if you put the, that next to the Priv, like, you really can't tell there's any type of difference, to be quite honest, in my opinion. Obviously, the curved screen and the form factor size... But when I looked into the Alcatel Idol and the TCL and all those rumors, I literally last week found that the Alcatel Idol 4S, which is the slightly higher spec version of that phone, is actually already a rebranded phone in the UK. It's a quote-unquote Vodafone branded device, which is just funny. It's like, I don't want to use this terminology, you know, if there's younger listeners, please just turn off your radio now, but it's almost like Alcatel is just like slutting out this handset too. Whoever they can get on board, and it just makes sense, right? Because especially if you're kind of locked into this specific market where TCL is, going out and really penetrating into the markets of others, be it North American market, the UK market, maybe even some of the Asia Pac markets where they don't have as well traction, it just makes sense to really use a form factor because a slab is a slab is a slab. But I do find it just kind of amusing that Alcatel has already done this rebranded type phone strategy for other players in the you know in the wireless space. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And I wonder if, because we've seen so much happening with BlackBerry in the UK over the past couple, the past several months really, in multiple areas, I wonder if maybe someone at BlackBerry ended up seeing what Vodafone was doing and thinking, hey, like maybe this is a cost-effective way for us to blase blase, and now we have some devices coming. Until BlackBerry really gives us a full confirmation of what this device is and what it's about, you know, all reservations held. But Brandon, if when you bought your Priv, a mid-range BlackBerry all-touch was available for the same cost, right, a Priv versus yeah. this... And and I guess without your without the PayPal discount, right? Without the developer kickback, like if you were to spend outright what you would have what you would have spent on a priv at the time you bought it versus buying a two hundred dollar outright type device, right? And it'd probably be even more than yeah. that, right? <laughs> It'd be a three hundred dollar device. So, yeah. would you have gone more high end and and take, eaten a higher cost, or is a mid range Android enough for you? Like I know BlackBerry ten for you wasn't a wasn't it? It wasn't, it wasn't a like a, a killjoy, right? Like it was totally functional no. for most things. Yeah, so yeah. would you have gone for that cheaper device just to save some money, or would you have wanted that the priv? You, you know, knowing all the things you know about. No, I, I would have definitely gone cheaper. Yeah, yeah, definitely gone yeah. cheaper. As long as it can run apps, I mean, that's the only thing that really matters. Like, I don't need to. Like, for instance, like the things I need for multitasking are messaging and and, and kind of more of the, the social aspect of, of corporate communications instead of, instead of you know, needing video to be playing back while I can do something else. Like, I don't need something that intense on my phone. Uh, just me personally, my use case. So I think an Android, a mid-range device that can, you know, run the apps fine uh, should, should do well. Like, I mean, and not well, I mean, should suffice for me. 
I, so for you, really, I guess my question is, you come from a passport, right, with a keyboard. Yeah. You, you, you find no value in the Priv keyboard, like, to you? No, I'm not saying in general, but, like, to you, like, it just yeah. isn't something that would entice you to maybe spend a little bit more on a higher-end flagship more, you know, type device? Or really, yeah. it's the mid-range would be enough for you? Uh, I think the mid-range would be enough for me, to be honest. Like, I... At this point, the market's so saturated. I feel like phones are getting put with like better and better processors. But when you look at the the things that our phones are doing now compared to like one or two years ago, it's not really changing that much. Like we're not adding anything that's super that's going to use up a lot more resources than what we are doing previously, right? So, I mean, in my opinion, I'm probably not the best to, to speak on this, but, like, I get the feeling that the reason, the only reason we have these, um, you know, alpha phones that come out with the best specs and everything is just to to get those niche purchasers who, who want to have the latest and greatest device, right? Um, but I think probably... Did you, did you say niche or rich? Uh, I said niche. Like are you, I, are I you trying to tell like me I'm I don't need six gigabytes of RAM? <laughs> yeah, like I, I, but you I think, think, but you can most, get that for four hundred dollars, you know, like. Yeah, I think the use case that most system. people use their device for doesn't need um, top level specs. I think it's, I'd say probably the majority of people who are who are using the Brandon. Smartphone. I don't, I don't know where you have been, but in the last couple of days, the world has changed. Pokemon Go is here. And like, oh. I need a phone that now can calibrate the Pokemon Go as well. Dude, so no, <laughs> battery I need a at battery. that point. Yeah, I need a battery that is like yeah. cold fusion powered. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, the, you, like it's crazy. Like you could hot swap on like the older BlackBerry devices and just keep plugging batteries uh, in and go all day. For the Priv though, you need not only an external battery pack that's like five, uh, fifty thousand milliamp hours or whatever. You also needed to have like a fan or like uh, some kind of like cooling thing system because when you're playing Pokemon Go on the Priv, your phone gets hot and the battery gets drained. So you need to fix both of those things. Mine doesn't get that hot. I think well, you just had that. You, you know, have this one may be true. AT&T versions <laughs> where it's like your phone is melting, we're gonna shut you down. Um, I get the uh, I get the cooling message now every day, like every day. Okay. Guaranteed. So, funny story for our after show, and we'll talk about like kind of our BlackBerry Priv uh, gaming experiences because I've had really mixed ones, right? I've had some games work really, really well, and others really not so much. Been an interesting week, guys. We just covered July third through the tenth. Very full upstream number one oh seven. Uh, say good night, gentlemen. Always good to talk with y'all. Good night, gentlemen. Oh, <laughs> and ladies. <laughs> and Alex. Hey, well, I, I'm fine to have my own category. Later, guys. No, we're not actually leaving, Alex. I was just spooking you out. Okay. We still have to. We still have to answer patron questions, bro. This is true. You were so excited. You were so excited. I'm sorry. Dude, this after show is going to be lit. Pokemon. It we're going to be talking fun. about Pokemon Go. We're going to be. It's like going on. No, we're we're going to be talking about BlackBerry. What are you talking about? Well, just kidding. Oh, talking about Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be lit. Yeah. <laughs> so was our last one. Like, our last after show was like oh, an hour long. It was like as long as the actual show was. It was as long as the podcast itself, so. <laughs> no, it was honestly probably better than the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's awkward. Let's talk about uh, one of our patrons here asks, since BlackBerry are licensing software features out to third parties, could we see some BlackBerry 10 features brought to Android by a non-BlackBerry company, and that kind of threw my head for a loop, like trying to get my get trying to get around it. So you can imagine, like, uh, if BlackBerry were to license like the hub to Samsung, would they add on features that maybe were from BlackBerry 10 to continue the development pace of, you know, some of that software through the licensing or partnership endeavor? Like, could you guys see that happening? Like, BlackBerry working with other companies to develop their apps and software. I mean, we kind of already see it on the enterprise side. Could we see it more on the? Uh, the handset side and the software side of that business? I think the only way you would see it is if those companies specifically ask for something and tell BlackBerry that they will 
basically go ahead and pay for the development costs. BlackBerry is not going to include anything on anybody else's devices that they don't already have developed for their own devices. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to buy a Samsung device that has some feature from BlackBerry 10, but not be able to get it on like a BlackBerry, like an actual crib or whatever other Android devices come, unless somebody specifically says, okay, this was a, a BlackBerry 10 feature. It's not currently available on your Android subset. Can we pay you to go ahead and develop it for us and have it on our phones? And, and, and maybe even put it on yours, right? Like a yeah, joint, exactly. everybody I mean, wins type thing. I can see that That's the happening. only way I could see that happen. Yeah. So. What about you, Alex? Do you have any thoughts on that? Like someone else maybe co-developing or helping build out features and soft, like pinch gesture, right? Like stuff like that from Hub or from BB10. Even like a video editor or a native file manager that they got someone else to offer as part of their package. I don't know. It, it would be cool. Um, this is like a terrible question for you, Alex. Like you're, you're the guy who goes like and customizes his phone like to all ends. So really like... <laughs> this is true. Yeah, I mean I would say you're specifically talking about like pinch gestures and things like, like that should have been in the hub by now, even like Cluey was talking. The question, about that, the so. question was, could we see some BB10 features brought to Android by a non-BlackBerry company? And I think like in a roundabout way, we might see that happen. You know, like if I load Samsung's new hub on yeah, no, my yeah. my Priv and, and it works better than you know, and it works like more the like Blackberry the BlackBerry hub. 10 version, right? It, we could see that, right? It very and the the ironic part is like it very mel very may very well may. Could do that. I don't even know the hell I'm saying. But, all over. You know, like, when, very well may be. Thank you. Going yes. that way. When you use like Cyanogen mod and these other mods and um oh what is the one? When you swipe all the way to the left, you have that kind of area that they created and like BlackBerry should have done that with the BlackBerry launcher, but maybe they would need to modify Android more. And maybe it's not just like a launcher edition. Maybe it's something they need to do more on a core level on Android. They absolutely yeah. should have that done. So I think like Samsung could do a better job with the hub than BlackBerry because they can integrate it more deeply. And that's you know maybe these are things that BlackBerry is looking into. But I I, I think that they, that could happen. Yeah, wouldn't be a you good know, thing for BlackBerry. BlackBerry but. Point, I can imagine like for a lot of things, maybe not everything, but for a lot of things, BlackBerry may just want to have their hands in as much as they can right now because you know not only from the security standpoint do you want to really have other people building your stuff, right, in terms of software. Like, you really want to have a, a, a good control over that whole cycle. You know, you don't want a back-end in one of your partner's apps causing any kind of critical, you know, breakdown in yours. And, you know, maybe DTech would tell us of something like that, right? Mm. But we, we don't really know. I, I would like to see a more robust DTech be licensed to others as just like, just like Lookout is on our priv, right? Like, to have those layers in place so that p people have access and more control and maybe release it just to Marshmallow-type devices and beyond. Brandon, what about you? You know, you're the freshest of us on yeah. BlackBerry 10. Could you see some uh, features being over Maybe to Priv or maybe by an, another, you know, uh, Android ODM who is licensing the BlackBerry software or something like that. You know, yeah. like, could you see, like, like you know... Let's just take TCL as an example, right? They have their own software build of Android. Who's to say they could not intermingle some of the the, the two to build something maybe better for the, that specific hardware? What's, what's you TCL? never know. What's, what's TCL? <laughs> Alcatel. Oh, Alcatel. What's Alcatel? Right, it is the same point. Your response there is why a deal yes, like this we've heard sense. Samsung is building kind of a, a hub. We've been we've heard Samsung is building kind of a hub mimic. Um, that's the room. That's what the rumors have been. So I think really like if BlackBerry doesn't come up with these features, they're just going to get mimicked, and somebody else is going to reap the benefits. It's it's as simple as that. Like I don't think it's a, like I don't think anybody really needs to partner with BlackBerry to bring these things to fruition. It's uh, it just like. A, they're good ideas that somebody else can just do and, and yeah. who has more experience with the operating system on the Android devices and uh, like Blackberry you know they can't rest on their laurels with the hub like they have to like I mentioned in the after show last week is like they have to actually pull through and focus on one thing 
and do one thing right instead of doing a whole bunch of little things that, you know, kind of keep, you know, everybody at a certain level of satisfaction, um, but no one's really kind of, like, very satisfied with one aspect of mm. of their experience on the priv, right? So uh, they, I just think they need to really focus on their software. If that's the path that they're choosing to go towards as a software company, it, it makes sense, right? I, it, I don't know. It's, if it's the proof is in your product. Like if you're a software yeah. company and you're building a product that's laggy and, and very unintuitive and it just doesn't integrate well, like what, what are people going to think about your other offerings, right? They're going to think it's clunky, right? I think you bring a really, really kind of mature understanding of what Priv is at this moment to the table, even just having the device as long as you had. Mike, we appreciate that question. It definitely brings up a lot of conversation. Almost on the exact opposite coin of that, right? Another one of our patrons, Lee, who's out canoeing and camping right now, sends in that there's almost too much BlackBerry news to comment on this week. Do you guys see BlackBerry adding more BB10-like features to Android with the amount of energy going into continually updating the priv? So this is almost the you know the inverse of what we were just asked in terms of like going out there and BlackBerry themselves taking more from BB10 to build on the future of what their Android offering is. Do you guys see them going that route or really just kind of coming up with brand new features all their own? Like for instance, the hub on BlackBerry 10 doesn't have swipe left and right options that are customizable by the user, but they do have that on the Android version. So I can swipe to snooze, I can swipe to delete a message very quickly. It's interesting that on the BlackBerry 10 version we don't have as robust a system for things like that. Uh, Alex, what are some of your thoughts, man? Do you think that BlackBerry will continue to kind of like raid BlackBerry 10 for ideas in terms of their build forward of Android? Or do you think they're going to try to just come up with new and more innovative, fresh ideas? I, I think they probably have data somewhere from, like, building an entire operating system like BlackBerry 10, they have to have some type of data, whether that's, like, how much certain features were used with an operating system, and then the features that were used the most, then build that into Android, absolutely. I think they probably have a really good understanding, or just from maybe on social media, just seeing what people are talking about or complaining. Anyone, just go to the CrackBerry forums and see what people loved about BlackBerry 10 or what people are complaining with Android, and it's fairly easy for them to implement that, I think. That's what they should focus on. So I think that they should do that, but I, I think as well, like, as... Android N comes out, and then obviously the competitor of iOS, and they see cool features implemented through there, they should definitely steal it and implement some of that too. I, I think they just need to have an open mind moving forward, not necessarily just like, let's recreate BlackBerry 10 on Android, let's actually just take some of these ideas, because the vision of BlackBerry 10 was great, and I don't think they can implement the vision on Android, but they should use it as a kind of the foundation and build from there, so... I think they should just have an open mind about it. So they should, and, and they also shouldn't at the same time. Yeah. That's a... Uh, if BlackBerry, you're listening, that's great advice. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. You know, it kind of it's kind of like you want to take from what you were, but you want to make it better, right? And, like, BlackBerry is looking to do that with their software, and BlackBerry is looking to do that with their hardware as well, right? The classic may be dead, but that form factor is still to live on, right, in its own way as it continues to evolve. So, Lee, thanks for that, that question. Uh, I, I really appreciate that type of feedback from our listeners. It's always good to have that as part of our discussion so that we're just not talking out of our butts here, right? <laughs> I think that's a wrap, guys. I wanna, let's go, let's go uh, talk about Facebook in this after show, encrypted yeah. messaging, a la BBM, a la, a la WhatsApp, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> WhatsApp sucks. Hashtag blaze. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I refuse to install Messenger on my phone, and we'll talk about that. I've been using it. <laughs> later, guys. Oh, this will be interesting. We'll catch you okay. guys next week. Bye. Bye. We'll see you. That's two days, two days before BlackBerry Security Summit. We'll be on our next podcast, so we'll have some stuff to talk about. CrackBerry will be there, and I'm hopefully maybe sending someone as well for BerryFlow, so uh, we'll keep Ooh. you up all, up all dated on that. <laughs> later, guys. Have a good night. Later. Later. Peace out. BB upstream.